they charge me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Allegedly Bravo. I'm Lauren. And I'm Cash. Hello. <laughs> Am I Cash? <laughs> it sounded like a question. Um, <laughs> we're out of sorts today. Out it's, of sorts. Are we out of sorts every day? No, I. you know, I think it's the weather. We've been hit with a cold front here, okay. as have you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think just the chill in the air is causing a migraine. I feel disoriented. I just want to sleep. Listen, I totally feel you. After this, I'm going to go run outside. I'm going to make a snow angel. And then I'm going to come back. I'm going to shower. And then I'm just going to chill. Put on the fire and just chill. Tell everybody, how much snow have you gotten in the last 24 hours? (laughs) We got like over a foot of snow. Um, One of our family members got over 21 inches of snow. I'm like, what the fuck? So last night I went out for a walk in it because I'm like, you know, totally new to snow. So I'm like excited to go out there. And I was walking down the um, stairs and to go out to the curb. And while I was going down the stairs, I didn't remember where the steps were, how many there were like and I couldn't see them. Boy, did I go flying. (laughs) And I was just like laying there on the sidewalk, like (laughs) in like almost a foot of snow, like, oops, (laughs) with not a soul around because it was like 1 a.m. Everyone was asleep. It's nuts that this is your first big snow. I know. I've never had an experience like this before. I love it. I can't wait to see your snowman that you create. Yeah, me too. I think it'll be cute. I'm sure. You should make it like a Joe Gorga or something. Oh, my God. (laughs) Or you could make it a Muhammad Hadid, who we will be talking about today. That is so true. We are talking about Muhammad Hadid. Wow. I never thought Uh, we'd finally get to this episode. You know, I have actually, I'm very surprised by a lot of things that have, we've discovered in our research And there is an update. Um, There was a settlement that happened. Not a settlement. I'm sorry. There was a verdict that was rendered in one of his lawsuits that we will get to and update you all on. But there's a lot of other fun facts that I don't think were really known by the general public. Ooh, I agree. Like, there was so much that I learned while doing this research. And, like, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts, feelings, and emotions about it. I can't wait to hear. But before we get in, is there any other updates, any life updates, any things you've been watching updates? Gosh, yeah. I mean, I watched the Sex in the City reboot, fucking <gasps> Loserville. Spoiler alert. We Spoiler can, alert. We have that's like one of my criminal behaviors, like Okay, I, we'll uh, save it then. Because I can't. that just Oh, you want to talk about, should we just do a criminal behavior now? Because I would agree with you 100% on this. You know what? We can do it now because I don't want my phone to die and I forget all the things that I wrote for my criminal behavior for the <laughs> Sex in the Fucking City recap thing. Okay. First of all, oh, it started for me this whole journey of like all my criminal behaviors comes from the Peloton ride I did the other day. And I could not click out of my shoes. 
at all. Like I could not get out of the thing. And George Glass was downstairs having a meeting. So I couldn't even be like, can you like twist my foot? You know, I was fucking stuck. So one criminal behavior is how hard it is to get in and out of those shoes, which makes me wonder how the fuck big got out of his shoes like i almost guarantee you it wasn't the ride that gave him the heart attack it was nearly dying on there with his foot in the shoe yeah the the unclipping portion (laughs) yes oh my god it's so difficult okay and first and then also like is carrie not giving up her rent control department in new york city because the, I don't, um, her, well, we, we haven't visited, we haven't seen that yet because I think when the Sex in the City movie, she was still holding on to it, right? Or did she finally sell it? No, I think she still has it because, um, her friends, I can't remember their name. The guy who's bald and dresses up nicely and Stanford. Stanford. Thank you. Um, when he was like, oh, I need to stay at your old apartment, I'm like, Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean to tell me that you're living in a fucking penthouse, like, mansion, and you still have your rent-controlled apartment? Like, I think that's trashy. So, that's a criminal (laughs) behavior. Um, Also, the fact that we know that he has nitroglycerin pills um, for his angina pectoris issues. I hate the word angina. Like... I know. I do, too. it just, it's not a fitting word for what it is, you know? I know. It's really not. And it's like, no one ever is like, oh, your penile heart issues. <laughs> you know? It's just weird. I don't know. Um, But, like, I'm sorry, but she didn't even run and get one of those pills. Like, I, I was so deeply offended when she walked in and she sees him slumped over with the shower running, clearly not a normal position to be sitting in, and looks at him and goes, John? And then he grabs his heart and, like, keels over, falls over, and then she screams again and runs over and just stands there and holds him. It's like, call 911. Call Do anything. Do anything. And I just was not prepared for it. We heard rumors that somebody was going to die. I assumed mm-hmm. it was going to be big. But I was not prepared for it in that fashion. Like, I thought he was going to be driving to the Hamptons and get in a car accident and die. We wouldn't physically see him die. Oh. And so when he died on camera, I cried. Sobbed like a little baby. I did, too. And then the whole episode, too, I cried and sobbed like a little baby. And here's the deal. I better not be fucking crying and sobbing like a baby in episode three. If we're going to reboot this without Samantha... At least don't destroy me mentally as well. I think that's why they strategically released the two episodes, both episodes back to back to let everyone cope, experience the heartbreak. And then I, I hope the season's going to pick up and be lighthearted moving forward. My biggest complaint besides big dying is the sex scenes of Brody and like the making out. That's literally my next one. I go, the sex scenes with Miranda's 15-year-old son and his 15-year-old girlfriend. It's so gross. And, like, the lack of discipline. Like, I would... The fact that, like, she she got so pissed that he was smoking pot. But not so pissed that she's, like, literally slipping on his 
birth control. Soggy, I don't get yes. it. His soggy condo. <laughs> Ugh, I mean, that is so disgusting. Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Like, we didn't need to see that. At some point, it's CP. Like, I don't need to see it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, we didn't need it. We didn't need it. And I hope that the series picks up and is a little bit more lighthearted moving forward. I agree. And it was just sad, too, because Stanford dies in real life. And so to see him kind of mourning uh, yeah. the loss of Big and being there for Carrie and then knowing that he's dead was just hard. But anyways, we could go on and on for hours about this. We could. We literally could. Um, But we're not going to. We'll only go on for nine minutes. And now we'll talk about Mohammed Hadid. I swear. You guys. You guys. This was shocking. And I think one of the most shocking things is in his earlier career. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do a little bit of background and then you can go into his early career phase. So Mohammed Hadid, Jordanian-American real estate developer. He's obviously was married to Yolanda Hadid, the father of Anwar Hadid, Gigi Hadid, and Bella Hadid. And he's also Mm -hmm. known for his luxury hotels and mansions, and just a little bit of background on him. He was born in Nazareth. He's a descendant from the Prince of Nazareth and the Sheik of Galilee on the mother's side. Is that how you say that? Oh, you're totally not a Catholic. The Sheik of Galilee. Oh, Galilee. I am a Catholic. That's embarrassing. Uh-oh. Went to Catholic school. <laughs> and then, so, so as you, I think a lot of you guys know that he fled Palestine during 1948 and the Hadid family are very pro-Palestine. Bella Hadid is a very vocal activist um, because her father fled the Palestinian exodus. And that's when they became he became a refugee in Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, Muhammad's father studied law and worked as a teaching. I'm sorry, worked as a teacher. And in Syria. I'm sorry, can we cut that? Yeah. Let me restate it. Okay, ready? One, two, three. And so they were refugees of Syria. Um, Muhammad's father then went on to study law. He was a teacher. And the family then lived in Damascus, Tunisia, Greece. They finally moved to Washington, D.C. And he worked as the Voices of America headquarters as an editor, writer, and translator. I'm sorry, that was Muhammad's father. And then Muhammad went to... North Carolina State University and drumroll please, MIT. Yes, however, I believe he didn't get a degree from either. Ah, but still, to I get believe, in... but you know what? To get to get there, I mean, I'm not. I'm just saying. Interesting fact is that I don't think he got a degree from either. But like that is so an interesting fact. Like I was, MIT, my jaw hit the floor. What a smarty pants. You know, I was watching this um, YouTube video also of like going through his house and like getting a house tour. And of which house? He had uh, the first one that we saw on Beverly Hills. Yeah. Where they do the um, they do the kind of Middle Eastern party, right? Yeah. The Moroccan party. Yes. Yeah. And um, it, he, there were all these like 
literally gorgeous paintings, like a self-portrait, a portrait of his then fiance, um, whose name is totally Shiva, sorry. And like all these landscape paintings, like the kinds you see in in the museums, okay? And he painted all of them. Well, his house is basically a museum. But he painted them. Like he's what? an artist. He's an artist. I'm shook. A full on artist. I'm yeah. shook. Okay, so when Muhammad left college or decided he wanted to move on from the education process, he started a company um, that exported equipment to the Middle East. Like, I don't know, all kinds of equipment. Um, he also sold and restored classic cars in Washington, D.C. I mean, just an artistic, like, jack of all trades. Yeah, very entrepreneurial. Makes sense why he's so successful. He was just moving and grooving at a young age. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so then he moved to Greece, where he opened up a nightclub. And with the money that the nightclub earned... Uh, Muhammad started developing real estate in the United States. And in the 1980s, many of his real estate ventures were 50-50 partnerships with the SAAR Foundation, which is named after its founder, which is like the, a Saudi patriarch. Um, so he was doing business like 50-50 business like with the Saudi royal family. And just racking in money, I'm sure. Oh, money. for sure. So, um, this foundation that he would work with all the time was dissolved in December of 2000. Um, and then it was raided. Like the people who were a part of the foundation were raided on by federal agents, a la the bus at beauty lab and laser, um, (laughs) as part of a, (laughs) a federal operation called operation green quest. Um, the the way they name these just cracks me up. I know. Um, so Operation Green Quest was a raid that was carried out because the U.S. Treasury Department suspected that the SAR Foundation was laundering money for Al Qaeda and other terrorist groups. Whoops, whoopsies. I so, mean, that's yeah. heavy. That's... that's like a bad. That's a bad <laughs> touch. <laughs> That's a little dark, you know, and that's yeah. going to probably be one of the darker things with Mr. Hadid's. Uh, is it? I think there's even more. Uh, but I you mean, know what is what's darker than a terrorist? Not much. I was going to say there is. I mean, to be funding a terrorist organization that has now reclaimed Afghanistan. I know. Not, not great. Okay, so now we're moving on into, like, the late 80s, and so Mr. Hadid is just rolling in the dough, right? So, of course, with money comes lawsuits. So, Mr. Hadid has at least 30 lawsuits from creditors and banks, a la Tom Girardi. Yep, there you go. But it seems like he really maneuvered these lawsuits fairly well. Like, I don't think he lost a lot of money because... At one point, he paid over $150 million for the Ritz-Carlton in Washington and New York. He converted a Houston hotel into the Ritz-Carlton and then developed another Ritz-Carlton in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, you know, something that really surprises me about that sentence is that there's a Ritz-Carlton in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
Oh my God. I thought the same thing when like, I read that. I was like, uh, I mean, I guess the desert needs a Ritz, a Ritz? too. Like, what are we I doing in of, Scottsdale? When I think of Ritz, I think of Beverly Hills. I think of New York, San Francisco, Miami. I don't right. think Scottsdale, Arizona. Like that gives me more of a La Quinta vibe than a Ritz Carlton vibe. <laughs> totally. I totally feel that. So another yeah, it's fun, an odd choice. It is an odd choice. But another fun fact about this kind of business venture that he's in with flipping and building properties is that one thing he is kind of known for in his business ventures is for outmaneuvering Trump by purchasing land in Aspen and announcing to build another Ritz-Carlton. And perfect, Aspen, a great place to have a Ritz. That's correct? a great place for a Ritz. Beautiful. And so Trump, I guess, was planning to purchase the land and build a Trump hotel. And he had put $17.5 million down, thinking no one would challenge him on the bid. I mean, classic, right? Mm-hmm. Classic. And then, had, and then Hadid had found out that there was a priority debt on the land that Trump wanted. And if he could pay the loan, then he could preempt Trump's contract. So what he did was he wired $42.9 million, showed casual. the trustee. Be- so casual. Became the owner of the site. And in addition to the site, he got 66 acres of a meadow across town. Literally, that is, he like was like, oh, fuck you. I mean, mic drop, right? Mic drop. And it was like, I mean, think about like all the times, even in like the campaigning and shit when this Trump was like, no one's ever beat me. Like, I've never (laughs) lost a deal. And it's like, hmm. I'm here to tell you that Gigi's dad actually beat you once. (laughs) Um, Although that that was like a, I mean, that was a win for Mr. Hadid. There were some losses that came with it in the late 80s. Hadid had also been accused of doctoring financial statements and claiming that his net worth was 71 million, but listing assets he didn't own like a jet and other things. So, So he... But you know what? Typical. And like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault you for that. Like, it's none of my business how you get the Ritz into Aspen. Just get it out of Scottsdale and into Aspen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So in 1991, the year I was born, that's crazy. I know. You know, I mean, it goes to show how, what was that? You know, Turtleneck Girl from CNN was born in 92. Oh. That's like, she's a bebe. Bebe. But not really, because she's one year younger than But you. she's also a full-grown adult. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I love, I love Turtleneck Girl. Okay, so it's 1991. I'm born, and Mohammed Hadid and the brother-in-law of the Saudi king are in a huge falling out over the hotels that they own together. Shocker. Um, the brother-in-law is trying These are to the move. wait. Those are the terrorist hotels, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, yes. Allegedly. Alleged. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, don't don't want to do us. that again. Um, so <laughs> then the brother-in-law is trying to remove Hadid as a partner in these hotels in Washington, New York, and Aspen. Now, here's the deal. If I were Mohammed and someone was trying to remove me from the Aspen hotels, I would be pissed because I'd be like, you would never have had that hotel if it weren't for my quick thinking and $42 million wiring skills. Exactly. 
I mean, that's ridiculous. But they accused Mohammed of misappropriating funds and allowing uh, budgets to skyrocket while they were building these things mm-hmm. and holding like the records of the business hostage and mismanaging the ventures. And it's like, probably. It sounds like, okay. A, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like probably. a clusterfuck. Yeah. So Mo, which is the only person that I think we should ever refer to as Mo is Mohammed. Cause like Mauricio, no. Um, but Mo, Mohammed asked the court to. Wait, really quickly, can we just like a brief segue? Does it bother the shit out of you when Dorit and PK call him Mo? It bugs me so much because it so feels much. like if I don't know, it just feels it's like a hijacked nickname. Yeah. Or it, just like a not fitting one. I don't know. Like, I don't think I would call him Mo. I'd call him like Reets. Hey, Reets. Hey, Reets, a boy. Sexy Reets. Mr. Chest Hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Wow, we got distracted. Wow, yeah. we got distracted. I mean, it's not that hard. Okay, so Mo asked the court to order the real Mo asked the court to order the Aspen partnership <laughs> dissolved, but put him in charge of presiding over the cell and the winding up. Um, and then he accuses the brother-in-law of not keeping enough money flowing to the project. You know, it's like just the back and forth of like, well, yeah. I didn't mismanage it. You didn't give me any money to do this. And like that delayed it for a year. And now you owe me $6 million and also $92 like, million. Like where do these it, people get all this money? It just sounds like too many cooks in the kitchen. It's a way to, and you know what? It's too many like chefs in the kitchen is what it is. Yeah. Executive chefs. Executive chefs. It's like there's a reason you can have one. Like I just don't think you should have two chefs in a kitchen just based on my below deck experience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean imagine okay, so the brother in law was like, fuck you, Muhammad, and sued Muhammad and was like, you know what? We're suing you. We're keeping this lawsuit going with this Aspen shit. And then 1992 happened. Do you want to pause really quickly? Do you want to do 1992? Because I'm going to go into the the Strata estate. Okay. One, two, three. We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16-year-old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life. It's their fight, too. Search for Finding Ruby today. Okay, so in 1992, Riggs Bank sued Columbia First Bank Chairman Melvin Link. And you're like, who cares, right? But right. Melvin, like, we don't care. 
Melvin was a partner of Hadid um, in a project in Washington, D.C., where Mohammed defaulted on a loan. So <gasps> not this, a default. Uh, not a default. So, yeah, I mean, it's just another instance of like another man not paying his bills. And it's a like pay your bills. <laughs> I don't understand how people with so much money can get away with not paying their bills. It's because they just move stuff around. They make it so complicated. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, So anyway, they had to do this whole lawsuit and they settled. They ended up settling it. And because of the settlement and the money that Hadid had to pay, Poor little rich boy had to close his D.C. office and he lost his home in foreclosure and he packed up his bags and he left Washington, D.C. for Beverly Hills. But before he gets to Beverly Hills, he obviously makes a pit stop, right? Okay. And the pit stop he makes is into the Winter Olympics where he competed representing the country of Jordan in speed skating. You're lying. I'm not lying. I'm dead ass serious. We need to we need to find that video and we have to upload it onto our Instagram. Yeah. I need to see Muhammad Hadid in a unitard with skates and one of those pointed Stop. helmets moving his arms back <laughs> and forth, back and forth. Like Apollo Antano, no? Yeah. That's so that's funny. gonna be his new that's gonna be his new name. Yeah. Apollo. Apollo Antonano. He's the yeah. only person who's ever represented Jordan in the Winter Olympics. I mean, because well, think about I'm, it. It's like a desert. <laughs> I don't think they I'm have tra- ski slopes in Jordan. And we know this for certain because I would like some type of photographic evidence. And after yeah. just a lim- very limited Google search, I do not see photos of him. Did you type Mohammed Hadid Winter Olympics? Or what did what did you type? I typed in Muhammad Hadid speed skating. Oh, we do. <laughs> there, I don't see a photo of him actually, you know, taking laps around the rink. But I do see yeah. a photo of him with his skis. Right. And like a mountain behind him, which doesn't make sense because I speed skating doesn't involve skis. Are you? Sh- I'm going to call BS on this until I see photographic evidence or something okay, in the uh, that's uh, Olympic Olympic. I don't know book of athletes. <laughs> you know what? That is totally fair. And when you find it, let me know because I'm just reporting the news here. Don't shoot the messenger. You know, or, or is what Heather is it DeBrose? that Heather? shoot the messenger shoot the messenger when she said that uh, i was like what are you doing and i was like no that doesn't make any sense what does that mean like i don't get it what was the point of that like let me give you another piece of advice shoot the messenger it's like why i don't get that like why change the slogan after all these years heather debro could have been my criminal behavior this week as well she's always my criminal behavior She's so pretentious and tacky. But again, here we are getting totally distracted. Well, oh, Sorry. can we continue distraction for just one more second? Because sure. 
Sorry, you guys. Like, I haven't taken my Wellbutrin today, so I'm a bit all over the place, and I'm kind of hungover. So we might be on tangent, like, road today. But, um, oh, my God, I forgot what I was going to tell you. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm dead serious. What was I going to tell you? I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll come back to you as we're as we're recording. Okay. Oh, oh, I remember. I remember. I remember. I looked up Terry Dubrow on the court website oh! and I found like a bunch of his complaints and stuff like over a, like people suing him over like medical malpractice and there's some small claims court issues for like Ooh. random Okay, we'll have to cover that. Statements. Yeah, so that's going to be fun to dig into. But anyway, so now that I've remembered that. Yeah, but now that you bring up Terry, I'm going to spiral because what is going on with his face? Oh, my God. When it it graced our screen for the first time in however many years, because I don't watch his bot show with the other other doctor, but it looks like something maybe in the eyes. Or do you think he has filler? I think it's his cheeks. Like, I feel like he got. Okay. You know, those inserts that you used to get in the Victoria's Secret water bras that were like. Yeah. Little. Uh-huh. It looks like someone put that in his cheeks, like as an implant on his cheekbones, because those are very high up. Well, she has very high cheekbones as well. I thought it was his eyes. Like something, anyway, something was very off. But You we know what it gives dive. me? What? It gives me Kenneth Copeland vibes. Who's that? The cult leader, Kenneth Copeland, the Jesus Church guy. Oh, God. Okay. So, anyway, he moves to Beverly Hills in 1992, which is, like, so okay. exciting because this is how... You know, this is it just how starts. we come to know him. And this is really, like, a you know... We're happy that he's gotten through all these, you know, creditors and law and lawsuits and going up against Trump and winning. Fuck yeah, Gigi's dad. So now he's in Beverly Hills and he develops this mansion called the Le Belvedere Mansion. And that's the big one that I was telling you about. This is the one that we saw on Real Housewives. Yes. Where and Kyle Richards does the splits. Kyle does the splits everywhere. Um, but I think that was our first time we were ever introduced to her splits. I think so too. Wasn't she on a full table? Like she was on a table doing the splits. I I just remember and her doing spinning it and that like, ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> like the Peloton girl on Danny Pellegrino's meme. That was so funny. Um, so funny. Okay, so he develops this huge mansion. Oh, and this is where Gigi had her birthday party. Remember, and um, Yolanda was like you can't have that cake like just have one one or two bites of the cake like and it was Gigi's birthday cake but she told her like she could only have like one or two bites of this cake because she had to go shoot for guests oh and sweetie just have a couple almonds (laughs) just have a couple almonds chew them really good (laughs) um so then it was he he decided to sell it it was just time he needed to move on um, so it was listed by Hilton and Highland, uh, hello, oh. our favorite girl, for $58 million. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I then what he bought he it moved... for. Well, he built it from the ground up. Oh, duh. I wonder how much it costs. I do, too. Um, 
I do too. That's a good question. Well, I guess that Moroccan room where Kyle did the splits um, was completely built in Morocco, every single part, and then deconstructed and shipped here. Okay. That is just so pretentious and just insane. Okay. Here's my question. But I guess you do you. You do you. My question for Muhammad is... What was the size of the shipping vessel that that room came <laughs> they in? They break it. They break it apart. Okay, no, so, because I'm just saying Heather Dubrow. Remember, her chandelier came in the biggest one ever to America. Yeah, that to me was so hard to believe. I'm like, there are so. It's many... like, shut up! The Statue of Ugh. Liberty came here, and it's way bigger than your fucking chandelier. <laughs> God, Stupid. she's so annoying. Oh, uh, you know so what? Maybe. Triggered. We might have to do a poll and just get the on our Instagram to get a gauge of where our viewers are at and listeners are at in terms of Heather, because Lauren and I despise her. And if this is a common consensus, then maybe we should do an episode on Heather. Well, here's the deal. When um, Classic Sky Tops and I did the trial like a while ago, if we were excited mm-hmm. if Heather was coming back, it was like 50-50. Like, people wow. are... So, and then we went live, um, classic sky tops and I went live the other day and people were like, we love Heather. This was the best. Like we love seeing her house. And I'm like, yes, I love seeing her house. Yes. I get the appeal. I get the thing with the ice. I hate the inside of the house. It looks like a safe house. Like it's just scary. It's all gray. It looks like an industrial park to me. Yeah. It's so Big. And I just... Okay, anyways, we'll say that. They should have taken move. tips from Muhammad because... Yeah. <laughs> At least saying. his house okay. had some character to it. Okay, so anyways, now we're going to talk about the lawsuit that everyone's really knows about. It is that lawsuit with the Beverly Hills mansions. Hadid had approval to construct the mansion in Bel Air, and it was the estate on Strata... How do you say it? Vecchia Road? I... I was calling it Strata Vecchia. That's probably right. I I mean, it just sounds Italian to me. (laughs) Yeah. So in December 2015, the Los Angeles City Council voted to pursue criminal charges against Mo for violating local zoning laws. And so let's have a little bit of background, right? So he built the house contrary to multiple planning orders and made it twice the permitted size. So... Jumping forward to the lawsuit that was brought by the neighbors that lived down the hill. So the neighbors had filed a lawsuit in June 2018, claiming that Hadid illegally carved thousands of cubic yards of his Bel Air hillside mansion and spent seven years building massive concrete structures, essentially a small hotel without the necessary permits and in brazen defiance of numerous citations and stop work orders. And so the neighbors also claimed that the home left them in constant fear and ruined the serenity of their downhill properties and crippled the real estate venue. I'm sorry, values. And so after they filed this lawsuit, Hadid came back and filed a countersuit that was ultimately dismissed. But he alleged that the plaintiffs tried to extort him for $3.5 million after researching his celebrity pedigree. That made me laugh out loud. <laughs> I mean... That is pretty funny because it's like, uh, it, aren't the people who are his neighbors like the lady who like owns Walmart? <laughs> yeah. Don't you, don't you, do you think they Googled his um, Winter Olympic career and were just like, we need to see this man? They were like, you know, this guy definitely has $350,000 to yeah. his name. Yeah. 
That I need. So, so they really sued him for private nuisance and public nuisance, and also for malice. And so just a little background of what private nuisance is. We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Shannon Jimenez-Sassone, a former NYPD misconduct investigator, a podcaster, and a videographer. I'm Matt W. I've been a social worker for a hot minute. Working alongside the police left us with more doubt than encouragement. Uh, We've tried in our career fields to be doers, and it still feels impossible. Is it even possible to work alongside the police and not be part of the police state? Fixing it does start with having the conversations. It's everything that you should know about the police. It's going to be a hard conversation, but it's a hard topic. Nadnark Podcast premieres Tuesday, January 17th on all streaming platforms. Go ahead. I was going to ask, like, what is the difference between, like, public and private? And, like, is a nuisance just, like, a bug in your ear, you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so private nuisance is a private nuisance that obviously occurs to one plaintiff, whereas a public nuisance is, like, a community nuisance that affects the community as a whole. So, and that makes sense because there were m- multiple homes that were saying, hey, look, we can't enjoy the serenity of our property because of this mon- monstrosity that is up the hill from us. So the private nuisance claim, the elements that you have to prove is that that the plaintiff had suffered some type of harm based on the defendant's nuisance. So to establish that, we have to prove that the plaintiff owned the property, which we know because they were the neighbors, and that the defendant, by acting or failing to act, created a condition or permitted a condition that it exists that was harmful to their health, indecent or offensive to the senses, or an obstruction to the free use of property so as to interfere with the comfortable enjoyment of like of sorry comfortable enjoyment of their property and there's some other elements too but that's kind of like the gist of what these neighbors are saying like hey look this thing is so big that like we can't even go out into our backyard and sip a glass of wine without being disrupted because there's constant construction going on that's in violation of zoning laws so here the plaintiffs have to show that Muhammad Hadid's conduct was either intentional and unreasonable, unintentional and reckless, um, and that the conditions substantially interfered with their enjoyment of land, and that an ordinary person would reasonably be annoyed or disrupted or disturbed by what Muhammad was adu- was doing, and that you have to prove so that obviously saying, they didn't. They're saying the whole house is a nuisance, or just the build, like the construction, like... Because your neighbors are going to do construction. Like, yeah. So what's the part that is annoying them? So this is the part where it's, so it has to be that an ordinary person would reasonably be annoyed or disturbed by the defendant's conduct. And it has to be something far beyond that of just a common annoyance, I guess. Like, you can't file a private nuisance because somebody's utilizing their property, you know, like playing drums in their backyard. It's got to be something more. It has to be substantial. And it has so to be enough makes to cause... substantial? It has to be enough to cause the plaintiff harm. It was because he was violating multiple, multiple zoning laws. And I think he even pled guilty to a misdemeanor, right? For the construction? Yeah, he was. Uh, he Well, he pled no contest, but they found him guilty. And he had to do... He had to pay, like, something silly. Like, oh, he had to pay... Um, $14,191 to the city of LA and he was fined $3,000 and then mm-hmm. um, he was put on three year probation like to ensure that the property would get up to 
code, and then if it wasn't, he'd go to jail for 180 days. Oh, so wild. Um, And so the legal problems really arose from the permitting, like we said. So I guess it was originally slotted to be a 15,000-square-foot property Mm -hmm. or house, and he doubled it. So it turned into a 3,000-square-foot, and he didn't receive the... Or sorry, 30, Jesus. 30,000 square foot property. Um, And of course, like, I think rightfully so that the neighbors would be pissed. Wouldn't you be pissed? If I think if the house were like two times bigger than it was allowed to be. Yeah. And it was just this monstrosity that was built. And I think there was like a retaining wall. Yeah. The Walmart heiress, um, Nancy Walton Laurie, uh, he's. She had her tree roots all fucked up by Muhammad. Like, she had this big eucalyptus tree, and that got fucked up. He allegedly fucked up some neighbor's retaining wall. Yeah. Like, the construction was going to make the hill fall down in the rain. Yeah, and I think there was just... It it kind of sounds, just based on reading the complaint stuff, that there was a reckless disregard for other people's safety. And so... This, you guys, went to trial, and after six weeks of trial and four days of deliberations, the jury found that the that Muhammad was liable, and the plaintiffs sought two hundred $26 million in damages. The jury rejected the fraud and malice claim, and that would have given them an opportunity to acquire more damages because uh-huh. there was some type of intentional or harmful act. And so... The jury's decision was a 9-3 split decision, and they awarded the plaintiffs 300000 in damages. Um, that was the Bedrosian plaintiffs. That's what, what their name was. And then the Harrowcheck mm-hmm. plaintiffs, they were awarded three hundred and seventeen in economic damages. And then they got $2 million for pain and suffering. Wow. Yeah. So emotional pain and suffering that was caused as a result of this construction. But the interesting part is that they had incurred, the plaintiffs together had incurred over $9 million in legal fees trying to prosecute the case. Yeah. And so Muhammad came out of this trial like, okay, this is a great win because one, they spent more money on attorney's fees than they're going to be awarded. And then also, two, the jury did not find that there was any fraud or malice. And so they can't acquire punitive damages. And so he kind of walked away. Yes, it was uh, he was liable, but it really better off than he could have been. Yeah. Yeah. But so L.A. County civil jury returned with a finding that he didn't act with malice. And the majority of the so the way that the jury found the liability is they divided it between Hadid is 70 percent personally liable and then his company is responsible for the other 30 percent. And then the court found that the mega mansion was a danger to the community and ordered it to be torn down. Oh, my God. That is so much money. No. Oh, my God. The resources. I mean, and this is a guy who, like, has things, like, built from, you know, like, Egyptian hand-carved, like, Yeah. yeah, from a pyramid shit, you know? I just think about all those construction workers who put in all that time, hard labor, working, working, working around the clock, and then to see it be torn down. 
I just, my question to you is what do you think got into his head? Like, why do you think he decided, hey, I'm going to double the size of this mansion? Uh, I think it's ego. I think he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. We can have a bigger closet. Yeah, sure. We can have this. Yeah, sure. We can have that. And then you add all these things on the inside of the house and the outside's going to get bigger. And also, like, he was probably thinking, why the hell not? Like, I've built massive, massive hotels and massive homes and, like, pinnacle estates in Beverly Hills. He's like, I'm going to do it again, maybe. Do you, was this his personal home or was was there a potential buyer that was going to buy this? So, I think this was his, going to be his personal home. Could you imagine if that house was built and it slid off that hillside? No. Oh my and God. And just crumbled. No. And for people that don't live in California, we have earthquakes all of the time. I shouldn't uh-huh. say all the time, but they're. Like, no they, one ever feels them, but the, unless they're big. They, hop, they happen often enough that there's so many restrictions on what you can build on a hillside, what you can build on a mm-hmm. cliff. Like, and I, it's just such a reckless disregard for people's safety. Like, I can't, it's almost delusional. It's like well, he it's had like, a dream and then he woke up and was like, I'm doing it and I don't care what's going to happen. Like, he was criminally prosecuted. I know. He was, like, absolutely <laughs> digging his heels in, too. Like, he's been quoted saying, like, Beverly Hills will fall before this house does. No, no the house is going to fall. It's like, and well, it's going I to- don't know. The judge said it's going to get falling. Somebody is going to put a stick of dynamite in that thing and it's going to blow up. Oh, yeah. Also, like, what happens, though? Think if they're tearing it down because it's this huge monstrosity. And what if something happens to the neighbors down the hill during the teardown? Oh, my God. Well, now they're going to tear it down and it's going to be a big, empty hill that's already dangerously unsupportive. Yeah, I wonder if he'll have to go back in. I wonder if the city is going to make him go back in and re... Restore it. Re, like, re-engineer the hillside. Because what if he did permanent damage to that hill? Oh, my God. That'd be so crazy. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) But unfortunately, that is not the last legal issue that Mr. Hadid is facing. No, 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 no. Of course not. As a typical rich, wealthy man, he's also in 2017 um, accused of date rape um, and illegal payroll practices. Um, Wait, really? Wait, 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 wait. What happened with that date rape accusation? Um, So that was all resolved, but I just don't feel like we should get totally into that because it's just been such a heavy week with like the Duggar, etc. Don't you think? I agree. It's too much. And we are going to be doing an updated debriefing because so much justice happened. So much justice happened. And we just hope that, you know, the girl that uh, made these allegations is happy and healthy moving forward, getting the therapy she needs and is living a prosperous life yeah and really you know coping and being successful and we probably because i'm 
Probably, because I'm sure there was some type of financial settlement. That's just speculation. I hope. Speculation. Okay, so then also in a uh, differently sort of sad thing, he was accused of illegal payroll practices. (gasps) And he was sued for unpaid overtime by this guy named Juan Carlos Gonzalez. Good for you, Juan Carlos. I know. Good for you, Juan Carlos. So Juan Carlos says that he worked... Um, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay, like a nurse, but even extra. He was like on like his payroll. Oh. Yeah. And so he was saying that like, hey, you haven't paid me overtime. Like for any of the days I worked over eight hours and didn't get a break, like all this stuff, like no, none of that. So he was asking for 496000 dollars like for his damages and he was awarded two hundred and seventy three thousand dollars so at least there was some there was some and that just goes to show you like i mean he recovered more like about half of what he asked for like clearly the guy you know was illegal payrolling yeah, you also have to look at probably the attorney's fees. I'm assuming it was a contingent on some type of settlement. So the attorney probably walked away with like 13% of that. That 273000 But good for you, Juan Carlos. Way to stand good up against... Good for you, Juan Carlos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot okay. of... I think, I think there's just a lot of ego in Mr. Hadid. Lots and there's lots of ego. There's a lot of... There's a lot of ego, like, at a certain... I mean, you have to have, like, an ego to be that wealthy. Do you ever think, like, what was it? Like, do you ever think how odd of a couple Yolanda and Muhammad are? Or were? You know, yes and no. Because I feel like Yolanda was, like, a really hot and, like, a supermodel, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. she's so, like, wifey. Mm-hmm. That I can see why, like, she would enjoy being wifey to this guy who would, like, seems like he would totally enjoy being wifey, too, you know? It's just nuts how much money he has and how much money that entire family has. Because you have Bella Hadid, Gigi Hadid, who are successful in their own right. I think the brother's a model, too. Yeah. Anwar. And then Yolanda's, Yolanda's rolling in a... You know, a dissolution from what's his name? Uh, David Foster. Yeah. So she probably got a nice little chunk from David Foster. I hope. It's weird that he's with Catherine McPhee. It is, but it's also not. Okay. Why not, though? Because I think it is. Because they're both like so involved in the musical industry. Um, Sorry, the music industry. And they're both. They, I think they both complement one another, and that's me saying that without knowing anything about the either, either of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Besides David Foster's stint on Real Housewives and Catherine McPhee's stint on American Idol. That's about right. all I know. But they look compatible, and I think Yolanda's moved on <laughs> to some businessman beau. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Living in Pennsylvania on her farm. Big old farm. As as far away from Zane as possible. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. Go check out our Zane and Yolanda Hadid episode. 
that was a good episode. That was so that was, insane. That was shocking. And I, I was thinking about that the other day. I wonder what the status of their relationship, like that whole family's relationship is. I know. I wonder too. I feel, I don't know. Like, like are they, they have to work it out. They have yeah. to work it out. They live together. But do they now? I'm, I would bet that they probably live separately. Okay, if they have such a big farm, why don't they just build two houses? Yeah. Like Get you're Muhammad rich in and there. you have a bunch of space. <laughs> and Get Muhammad in there, build up a little granny flat, not on his side. A little mega mansion. Little mega mansion. And we're good to go. Okay, so what, like, what do you take away from this whole Muhammad thing? Like, what do you think? Like, I think that he is extremely smart. He's very motivated, clear, mm-hmm. clearly. I think he had a very successful career in his early life. And that's where, obviously, he acquired a lot of his money. And I think he just got messy as he got older. With the Once he got kind of famous, his daughters got famous, Yolanda... I think there was just a level of messiness that was exposed. Like a little ego boost. Don't love the terrorist link, but Mm-mm. what about you? Um, I was a little bit surprised because I had no idea like who Muhammad Adid was other than like a friend of Lisa Vanderpump and Gigi's dad, you know? <gasps> so, Yeah. Do you think Lisa and Muhammad are still friends after the whole Lyme disease thing? Uh, I think so, yeah. Because I feel like Muhammad shares the same feelings. Like, from what I can understand, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't want to That's say a- the accusation on the air, No, though. don't. Don't. <laughs> Live on don't. the air. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I was just surprised. Like, I'm kind of proud of Muhammad for like literally like every single time someone was like oh nope you owe us money or we're gonna sue you or we're gonna do that he's like okay and I'm gonna recover and do a big house and a bigger house and then this like he comes back bigger and better so I'm excited to see how he's gonna recover from this hopefully he acts right do you think he had to file for bankruptcy at any point or in the later years because I feel like he just did file for bankruptcy. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But I wonder what his, I wonder what his net worth is. I'm, I'm assuming very high because he owns all of those properties. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, he has a Ritz Carlton in Scottsdale. I know. I mean, Scottsdale, like the spa destination in Arizona. (laughs) Yeah, but okay. Well, that's our episode, guys. Hope you liked it. Touched on Muhammad Hadid. Probably going to upload some photos to our Instagram of Muhammad Hadid's paintings. Give you a little update on whether or not he was truly in the Olympics. (laughs) The paintings are mind-blowing. Like, for real. Yeah. But again, also kind of questioning that as well. I'm just a doubter. You are a daughter, daughter. but that's okay. Um, Okay, so you guys, go head over to our Instagram page and our Twitter page at Allegedly Bravo. Our website is www. 
www.allegedlybravo.com if you're 13 years or older with parent permission. Um, just kidding. That just reminded me of from Nickelodeon. Okay. And then our Patreon page, we have a bunch of tiers over on Patreon. Um, we have like our $1 tier where we'll, we'll send you a little newsletter every month. And that's just like, thanks for supporting us. We have a $3 tier where you can get these episodes ad free. I mean, amazing. Um, and then like a $5 tier, $20 tier, etc. Um, so shout out to our VIP patrons, Mr. or Mrs. Smith, Classic Sky Tops, Wendy Beth, and CK. And coming up, like, do you know what our next big episode is? What? The White House Party Crashers. <gasps> You're right. I'm so excited to talk about that. I'm so excited to talk about that. And we are finally going to do... A breakdown of the Judiches. Yes. Oh, my God. It's about time. I know. But we thought we'd go a little lighthearted with the White House Wedding Crasher talk. Because I don't know how many people, maybe we can do a poll on our Instagram of how many people watch DC. Yeah. And how many people remember the low classness of that show. Oh, my God. Anyways, we will see you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.